a trip to Golden State. And the Suns lose. First time they've lost to the Warriors this year. They end the season 3-1 and one against Golden State. Uh, exciting game. 113-112. to Steph Curry hits a three with .7 seconds left to lift the Warriors to victory. Not overly frustrated. If, if there's Suns fans who are here and they're, they want to shit on the Suns for the way that they played tonight, I mean, you can in the chat. That's your right. But I'm not going to agree with it. I think that it was an offshooting night for Kevin Durant. It happens. I think that the emotion that happens for the Golden State Warriors when they play the way they do, having Gary Payton II come back, who is one of those driving forces coming off the bench at home, you have to go against that. and You have to try to beat that, and that's a lot to beat. And the Suns, in my opinion, still easily are the better team who just had an off night. So as I bring in Matthew, I'll ask you this. Do, do you share the same feeling, or is this an area of concern following this loss for the Phoenix Suns? Uh, I can go both ways because I was really excited if the Suns were to pull this one off and the way they came back. I would have been very excited, even if it was by one or two points. I guess the Warriors team where they, they they are coming back, they are making that push for the playoffs, and they have a guy in Kaminga that's replacing Klay Thompson now. Of course they do. So it would have been a great win for the Suns. Uh, so it's a disappointing loss to me. There are some issues, obviously, but uh, the Suns are on the right path. It's just about continuing to build on these type of games because these games they need under their belt to head into the playoffs. Obviously, Yeah. I mean, 12 and four in your last 16. Uh, I, I think that they're definitely already on that right path. A hiccup, a, a one point loss on the road in golden state, a place notorious to play a good in as, as an opposing team. I, I like what I saw from Phoenix tonight in that regards. And I like, especially what I saw in the later stages from Devin Booker, how he just kind of took over. So plenty to talk about on this edition of the sun's jam session podcast. So we appreciate you hanging out. If you're on the chat live or later, hit that thumbs up button, subscribe. We're so close, so close from 3,500 subs on our YouTube channel. So if you come and hang out here all the time, just hit the subscribe button. If this is your first time, hit the subscribe button. Give us a chance. We say funny things. We we have funny voices. Matthew, Pretty good show. Ma Matthew was a, a Valley Girl, and everybody loved it last game. And everybody's <laughs> yeah, we have asking. Valley Girl and Batman. Yeah, and uh, I forget who put it. It's like the answer to Batman. Where is she? And I was here all along. <laughs> That and everybody's great. asking for a subreddit stakeout where we go back and forth in character saying it. So we'll, we'll come up with that at one of these points, yeah, ladies day, and jamsters. Yeah. But we appreciate <laughs> hanging out. If you happen to be listening to the podcast and you're on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars. Write a review. We'll read it right here in the chat. If you're on Spotify, just give us five stars. We we really appreciate it. Helps with the algorithms. Let everyone know where the, the goofiest post-game podcast and Planet Orange is. It's right here. Shooting the shit about the Phoenix Suns since 2019. So uh, Super Bowl evening. Coming over tomorrow, right? I don't think so, dude. What? <laughs> I thought you said you weren't doing anything anyways. I think I'm going to watch it with my mommy tomorrow and chill. Dude, what? I thought you, you were what? coming. I thought you were coming over. You said you're doing your shot on Monday. You said you're just gonna order pizza. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, well. we're ordering pizza, but I'm still I'm not cooking. I'm like I'm not cooking ribs like I normally do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll like, see. I'll, I'll I'll talk to my mommy tomorrow. I'm just bring I'm, your um, mommy. Nah, she's not gonna go over. Look at this. Like I'm sending you a picture right. Oh, that's Ashley's room. Um, right now. Let me know when you get that. Take take a look at what I just sent you. Okay. Okay. I do. We talked after the pod last game, and you're like, I'm not doing anything. I invite my whole family's coming over like they always do. Oh, you did. You said, Shannon I did not said that before that. to Stephanie. And then you said after last game, you're like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. So I'm like, okay, I'll just probably go to my mom's. Oh, well. Oh, wow, they're... dude. You got it all set up? All yes. right. I'll come over. Okay. That's the garage, man. I put a TV all right, up. There I'll and be everything. there. What? Oh. Yeah. Even Metal Mike says, Lissy, WTF, dude. I know. Yeah. You know, come on. Over. That's why we, we have better conversation on the pod than after <laughs> after the pod. That way, the Clearly. Jefferson helped me understand what's going on. I so. might not have understood you. I was tired that night and a little cranky. So pop them if you got them. Let's talk about this loss.
Suns lose this one, 113-112 at the hands of the Golden State Warriors in Golden State, dropping their record to 31-22 and and allowing the Golden State Warriors to get back to 500. Which brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. Matthew, are the Warriors back? Yeah, they're back, and they have always scared me. They're definitely, to me, it's not just because now they're on a four-game win streak and they found something coming out, like I mentioned earlier. I mean, they're figuring out where Clay can't play big minutes, right? That's huge for them, and I just think that they're a contender. They are. When you have guys like Steph Curry and Draymond still on your team that are champions, I believe in that team. Like, I seriously think they can win it this year if they want. There's a that look that Kaminga has, it's like the perfect fit for that team and what they need. It's just like the drive, the length, the scoring. Um, just he brings it all, man. It's exactly what they needed, and they're back on track. And I'm not going to say they're going to be like a top seed in the West, but if they get in the playoffs, they're still scary as hell. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that they're scary as hell if if they get into the playoffs, I don't have as much faith in them as I think you do because of the, the, the young guys on this team. I mean, we saw it tonight and Kaminga has his, his, uh, his talents, uh, but primarily on the interior, right? He's, he's one of those guys. He can't shoot from the outside, but he's great at attacking the inside. Podeshevsky or however you say his name pods, uh, yeah. You know, a, a good shooter, you know, Kihonis, good shooter coming off the bench, but it's like only played in like 16 games and whatnot. So I think that there's a bunch of ancillary pieces on this team that you have to really put a lot of faith in uh, versus years past. In years past, it was set, it was Steph Curry, Draymond Green at the peak of their powers. Clay Thompson, even in the last championship run in the postseason, was quality. Clay Thompson doesn't even finish games now because he's so bad. And I think that they're on the back nine of their run and they're on the, they're on like the 16th or 17th hole right now. And why they have obviously a track record of championships and why they have that home court advantage that we saw displayed tonight. I don't think that in a seven game series, there's as scary as, as I think that you do, because I know that you have a, uh, a, uh, respect for the warriors you know i read your your preview for bright side of the sun and and you know it was in there how you're really talking about how the warriors are starting to catch fire and and yeah they've won four in a row so the national media is going to you know talk about them for seven days about it uh the suns you know i think are clearly a better basketball than team than them clearly three and one against them uh but again when you have a night where steph curry goes off and does what steph curry does you know, how many threes did he end up hitting tonight? Yeah, nine. Nine of 16 from beyond the arc, 30 points from Steph Curry. Took nine threes to beat the Suns by one point. It's just not sustainable. That's how I feel about the Suns. Or, yeah, I, mean, the, I, the I definitely understand it. I just think this whole year was like, well, the Warriors are going to figure it out, right? We always wait for the Warriors to figure it out every season now because, like you said, they are getting older and then make a few adjustments. I think they made those adjustments to where they're going to be a contender I'm just saying, like in a seven game series, they're going to make the playoffs. I forget who just said they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. And games like this, where we think the Suns are contenders, right? Supposedly, we just lost by one yeah. of them. So obviously, they're a pretty good team and they can just win these type of games. And it's going to be up to the Suns in the future, of course, to limit the turnovers. So if teams are like shooting themselves in the foot, the Warriors can win these type of games, but it has to kind of be maybe the perfect game for them. Mm-hmm. But I just think that. Give them a few more weeks, the Warriors, and see how they pan out. But I think they're on the right track. So I guess maybe I'm just looking more into the future. To if they have two or three weeks where they can play consistent ball, they're going to look pretty dangerous. Yeah, and it's it's taken them all of this time to fight and scratch and claw to get back to 500. And they're still uh, outside of the, the play-in. I mean, they, they are going to have to go on quite the impressive run and, and turn into the Warriors of old just to avoid the play-in, let alone uh, make the playoffs. So I just, again, losing to them, it doesn't hurt as much. I'll, I'll tell you this. This was an entertaining game. I had fun watching this game. Yes. There was emotion. There was uh, back and forth right off the bat. You know, obviously the Yusuf Nurkic and Draymond Green beef that occurred earlier this season overflowing into this game shot making at an elite level from Steph Curry Devin Booker in the fourth quarter taking over and doing what he does great defense on both ends the introduction of Royce O'Neal 
just the overall emotion. The only thing that sucked is Doris Burke was the soundtrack of it all. And I just, you know, <laughs> I just, even, yeah, even Warriors fans in the subreddit, yeah. were just, they, they were like saying how much they hate her. I'm like, wow. When Warriors fans are saying that they hate Doris Burke, you know, it must be bad because all she does is gush over LeBron James and Steph Curry. Yeah, she guesses over the other team, and uh, I kind of drowned it out. So I think like writing the recap and stuff, you don't notice it as much, but it was definitely yeah. something I thought you would bring up on the pod, and I'm glad you did because I feel like this is the first game, maybe the second game this year, where I've actually watched with Doris. So I've kind of yeah. I try to avoid it. Yeah, I don't know. Was it on AZ TV, whatever it's called? No, it was. No? It was only okay. nationally televised on uh, ABC. Okay, that's why. Yeah. So I didn't have a chance. Uh, and I saw that some people, like so says Jay, says he, he was syncing up his TV to match oh, nice. the, the audio of John Bloom. And I, I wish I could do that. But the challenge is maybe it's an internet radio thing that, that you can like pause it or whatnot. Because if you're doing the live radio, it's too far ahead of the regular TV broadcast yes. by a play or two. And it's just it, it's not as entertaining. But, you know, looking at the game through the lens of the Suns, you have opportunities i think is the best way to say it uh the suns in this game end up turning the ball over 14 total times but seven of those came in the first quarter and they only trailed by five after the first the warriors did their fair share in the second half they turned the ball over 14 points as well i mean across the board this was a pretty even game as the final score ultimately dictates right 113 to 112 the Suns shot 45% from the field. The, the Warriors shot 44.6. The Suns shot 32.4% from beyond the arc. The Warriors 17 of 41 for 41.5%. Uh, the Warriors were 6 of 11 from the free throw line, whereas the Suns were 15 of 16 for 93%. Rebounds, the Suns got killed on the boards. Assists, uh, you know, edge to the Warriors, but not by much. There's not a lot of things that, that are clear reasons why the phoenix suns lost per se statistically what it what it finally came down to in my opinion was the fact that kevin durant just had an off night that's the way that i kind of look at it so yeah we'll we'll play kevin durant's drop and we'll talk a little bit about him right I clicked the wrong thing. I always do that. Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever play the game. You didn't, didn't watch. Again. You didn't watch the jump again. You didn't watch the jump. I just again. remembered. I'm like, like watching you. Through. I was like, <laughs> I missed it. Come My bad. on, man. My bad. Kevin Durant. 10 of 25 to get his 24 points tonight. Had 10 rebounds, had seven assists, three blocks, six turnovers for Kevin Durant. So it's just one, it was an off night for K KD. It happens. And shit, uh, I'm not going to hold it against him. I'm not going to sit here and be like, KD's need to be better. No, KD had a, what you would classify as a normal game for a lot of people. He was two of eight from beyond the arc, just didn't have it ultimately in this game. Uh, and it's funny because you, we'll talk about Devin Booker momentarily. He also was two of eight from beyond the arc. So when your your big three combines for five of twenty from beyond the arc, you're probably going to end up and lose and lose the game. Outside of Devin Booker kind of going bananas in the fourth quarter, it was a slow game from everybody relative to the big three. What'd you see from KD tonight? Yeah, it was just a lot of missed shots. You know, the one thing I keep watching, I keep harping on this podcast is like the start of the second, the start of the fourth quarter. So in the fourth quarter, I just feel like KD and Beal did a horrible job with that team, like leading them defensively and offensively, just missing shots. It took Beal a little bit towards the end of the game to hit a few shots. Um, but KD himself was just making, he was missing the easy ones for him. Like he just, he makes those all the time. And then it just kind of led to like little fast breaks by the, by the Warriors that just pushed them out, maybe five or six points leading to timeouts. So that was really the difference. I mean, when you're playing alongside Eubanks and you have Bobo out there too, it's still a learning process for those guys. Like it's KD, it's Eubanks, it's Bobo, it's, it's Beal. And then it's Eric Gordon. So with those five, they got to really work that out because starting off those quarters that poorly is really what kills them. If it wasn't for Booker to really turn it on towards the end of the fourth where he just took things into his own hand, it would have probably been like a 11-point loss or something like that. So those guys still need to figure it out. That's my biggest thing, dude. And we'll talk about Beal, but those two have to lead. And they typically do. They've been a little bit better. But in these type of games where like the crowd's really into it, you're away – 
and it's a playoff atmosphere, these are the moments you'll watch. And we'll talk about Beal stepping up, and especially, well, KD at the end, too, with that block. Like, those yeah. are moments like, well, can you come back? If you're not scoring the ball, can you come back and make those big plays? And he did, leading he, to the jump yes. ball. So that was huge. And you just know he can do those things in big moments. So like you said, he just missed a few more shot, a few extra shots tonight that if he would have made, we would have won probably. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's the way that I look at it, this game because it's, it, those are big shots too. You know, those are threes that he normally hits. KD entering tonight is one of the, the, the top uh, three point shooters in the league. Right. And he's got that, that deadly, you know, just whop, just the way that he, he shoots it is just unreal. He's shooting 45.2% from beyond the arc entering this game. And, just they just didn't drop tonight for some reason some in and out some just a little off some front rim just kind of all over the place and i i appreciate the fact that he kind of continued to stay engaged as you mentioned and i think that's very very important is to stay engaged and, and to keep shooting and we know that with kevin durant we've experienced kevin durant playing here for a season now all right he got traded here a year ago and two days 367 days ago uh granted he didn't play here for like the first four weeks or whatever it was because he had Remember, he had the the hamstring injury, and then he had the healing. Yeah. It was just like injury after injury. But experiencing Kevin Durant, we know that he's going to keep shooting, and you want him to keep shooting. He's Kevin fucking Durant. So he's going to keep shooting, or he's going to stay engaged and affect the game in, in different ways. I'm not going to say much about officiating tonight. Draymond Green definitely fouled him on that last inbounds. He, I mean, he ran into him and pushed him, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't call that after they called the correct call on Kaminga. Uh, who fouled Devin Booker, where the ball was being inbounded. They hadn't touched anybody yet, and he fouled him. That should have been two free throws. I don't care if it's a, if it's a foul to give or not. Yeah. If you foul somebody before the ball is inbounded and touched by somebody inbounded, that is two shots in the ball, and they didn't call that uh, probably because there was a <laughs> lot of high-profile Silicon Valley guys sitting right there, and they were <laughs> threatening to oh. shine Mark Davis's head. Oh. Like, we're going to shine your head so good, Mark Davis. So he's like, uh, uh, yeah, the points, <laughs> point six, one tenth. It's like, get the hell out of here. Um, some iffy officiating kind of on both sides tonight. So I'm not going to harp yeah. on that, but, yeah. uh, Kevin Durant, just a really, a really down game. And that's okay. Cause he'll, he'll bounce back. I'm, I'm a okay with it. Sounds like you want to talk a little bit about Bradley Beal though. <laughs> sure. And she said, you're not the only one, but you're the best Bradley. Boom, boom. Adley Beal, also not a great shooting night. 7 of 16 from the floor for 15 points. So KD takes 25 shots to get 24 points. Beal takes 16 shots to get 15 points. Not what you call efficient. He had 6 rebounds. He had 5 assists. He had 2 steals. He had 2 turnovers. And was 1 of 4 from beyond the arc. Tell me what you saw from Mr. Beal tonight. Yeah, he finished the game big, I felt like. When I'm watching Kaminga on the other end, I'm like, you know what? I mean, these things go through my head. Just is, you know, a little switch of Kaminga and Beal, would that be nice for the Suns? More length, you know, a little bit more easier scoring in the in the paint. Just because when Beal has off nights like this, it's like, dude, what can you do in games like this where it's, it's on the line, you have to pull it through for your team, you have to be a part of the big three. But he came through at the end, man. And I'm just like, that's what I want to see. We didn't get the win. I don't care about his points. Remember last pod, I'm like, yeah, he scored 45 against the Wizards. I'm like, something's still off the dude. But the way he finished tonight with like a big board, he got um, he got a good shot in in between Booker going off where Booker had the eight of the last 10 points really to end the game for the Suns or last 12 points. He got a good shot in there and he was open where Book kind of missed him. So he stepped up to the plate, I feel like, tonight. It wasn't a good game from him. I feel like he's just so up and down taking that mask on and off it's just like dude make up your mind with that thing so i still have my little frustrations with him it's just because i don't feel like i really see him until the fourth man i feel like that was like the real deal like he did show up in the big moment that we needed him to like i talked about last pod with bull bull like i want to see him in big moments come back and prove himself he did last game bill definitely did that tonight um and he'll continue to be that guy i think that him and booker really need to figure out like in those in those times where they're trying to figure out the defense, they're playing ISO ball and just looks horrendous. Those are the moments where it's like, you're supposed to be like two of the top 20 players or whatever in the league. Like you should figure something out, but he eventually did. And moments like this is just going to help him even more. Cause he hasn't been in, been in big moments like this in his career, really. So yeah, I'm, I know it's like game true. 52 or whatever, but this is like playoff atmosphere for him. So to see him that way makes me feel a little bit better. 
yeah, one thing, Bradley Beal is his mind is going faster than his body, and his body's pretty damn fast. Because he was starting to slip and slide a little bit around out there tonight because he was juking so hard. He was getting so far ahead of himself. He's like, oh, shit, I got to bring my foot with me. Uh, it would have been nice if he hit that last shot because that would have sealed the deal, right? That last grenade, that Eric Gordon, Eric, that, that last possession that the Suns had a good opportunity to seal the deal, right? Up by two points, have the ball. Uh, clock, the, the shot clock's going down. After the possession was done, I think there was three seconds left on the clock, and that's when Curry you know, yes. opened up the door for Curry to hit the shot. But – if you'd watched KD on that play, KD's over off the left side and he's got Wiggins on him and book starts to go, to, go left and Curry's jumping out there to jump the screen. So, so Booker goes back, right. And it goes, right. He passes it to Beal. Bill passes it to Gordon. Who's in the corner. Who's got the shot. And he panics. You see him panicking. He throws it back to Beal and Beal gets a shot off. It's a good looking shot. He is open uh, from downtown and he misses it. I wish on that play that Booker had continued to try to drive around Curry because Curry's not a great defender. And if he had driven around Curry, I guarantee you the gravity of Andrew Wiggins coming with Steph Curry would have left KD open for a wide, a wide open three and he probably would have bricked it uh, as well. But that being said, like <laughs> I, that's the shot I would have liked to see. But I like that Bradley <laughs> yeah. Beal took that shot. I, and, and that's kind of what I'm circling back to and kind of fortifying the point that you're saying is I didn't think Bradley had, Beal had the greatest of games uh, in the first three quarters, but come the fourth quarter, yes, there was a confidence in him. It was matchup based. I think that he was taking advantage of what the Warriors were giving him and he was finding himself utilizing uh, his athleticism to get past some of the pesky defenders from the Warriors. And I will say pesky, the, the Warriors were pesky as shit tonight man that is one thing that their young players do play with is a fire and an athleticism that was locking up Devin Booker and Bradley Beal for the first three quarters of the game until they both kind of unlocked it in the fourth especially Devin but I like that when that shot came around and he took it I like that he got to experience that uh, it comes in a loss but it's like you said and I think this is very valid for a lot of people who are watching this team Bradley Beal hasn't been in a ton of huge games in his career he hasn't had these playoff atmosphere in game 50 type of uh games while he's been wasting away with the washington wizards for the previous 11 seasons he's been in the playoffs five times but the last time was in 2021 you know so he hasn't had a ton of experience in that realm and knowing that he's a tertiary player he needs to experience those shots too. It, it can't always be Devin. It can't always be KD because he's going to have to hit those one of those times. Would have been great if he would have hit it though, man. Oh, I know. Nope. It's kind of like these games where Booker and Beal took a while to figure things out. Where you have a guy like Kimwa coming off the bench for the Golden State Warriors, and you're like, oh, dude, another guard that's just like kind Kimo. of pesky. Yeah, like it's just like who is this guy and like why is he making it difficult on those two? Like those two should be dominating those dudes, but that's what the Warriors have. It's just like. It's just that thing that just makes me scared in these situations. It's them in the heat, just, man. Yeah, it's just like, um, can Booker, can Beal just overcome this where these guys come in and just have the upper hand at times? And Booker eventually did, and Beal did, but they had to do it earlier. They have to get their head around these guys. Like, they have to figure this shit out earlier in the game. But just like the turnovers and stuff, too. Like, that was early in the game, but then they figured it out. They stopped turning the ball over too much, so much. And then they just kind of stepped up offensively, getting to the rim and just manning those guys up. Like that's I, f I feel like they can do that, but sometimes they get in their own heads and they're just passing the ball around and then like they're just jacking up these fadeaways and it just looks terrible. So that shit does scare me with the Suns. And it just reminds me, of course, we go back to the playoffs where they just couldn't do anything offensively and they're down by 20, 25 points. It's like if Booker didn't figure it out, it might have been one of those games again tonight. So yeah, but you look at the fourth quarter. Well, hold on. Let me think which avenue that I want to go down. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start with this, and then I'll go to that. I'll start with what you were saying about Quinoa, <laughs> uh, a.k.a. Lester Cajones, who is a G League player. Uh, Gary Payton II was a G League player. Yeah. Like the Heat, the culture that is in Golden State and the their scouting department, their ability to develop players utilizing their G League system is one of the best in the league. Because they bring in these guys who have length, who have size, and who have, above all else, heart. And they play with hustle and grit, and they're going to make every defensive possession on you hell. That is what, when you're Devin Booker and you're Bradley Beal, you're like, who is this guy guarding me like this? Like, I'm Devin Booker. And it's like, 
for this guy, it's his 20th game this season. And he's going to get everything he's got because he's fought so hard to get here. This is one of those things that I love that Matt Ishby is going to reinstill in Phoenix is by bringing back a G League team to this organization because this is the advantage of it. It isn't the advantage when you're going into game three of the Western Conference second round. It's game 52 at home against the Phoenix Suns, right? That's when G League players pay off. Unless you're Miami, it gets you to the NBA Finals, right? Their entire roster last year was like G League players, but that's why you do it is you is so you can give other guys some extra rest when Clay Thompson isn't playing right and he's trying to get out of his own brain. You can bring these guys in, and from a hustle standpoint, they're going to win possessions for you, and that's the key to success in the NBA is winning the possession. Now, going to the fourth quarter, Suns, I I, I like what I saw from them tonight. Again, they they lost. Right, they lose by one point on the road at Golden State, a Pacific Division rival. But they they weren't the typical boneheaded Phoenix Suns that we've seen, and the we we still see it on occasion. But there was a run in December and the very beginning of January where this team every fourth quarter it was fucking predictable, and we're starting to see it. It still happens, but we're starting to see it less and less. And I don't think we'll see it to the point where it ever gets us out of some of the horrible statistical categories that the Suns are worst in the NBA in when it comes to the fourth quarter because we're 50-something games into the season and we have like the lowest shooting three-point shooting percentage. We have the lowest point total. We have the lowest offensive efficiency. You look at the fourth quarter Suns and they've, they've been a joke. But tonight, they only turned the ball over twice in the fourth. They only gave up three points off of those those two turnovers. They scored 30 points and outscored the Warriors 30-29. to 29. We just needed them to score, outscore him 30 to 26 and not let Steph hit that three. But Steph hit that three because Steph is Steph. He's one of the all-time greats. You just have to acknowledge it, tip your cat, and, and move on uh, to – who do we play next? Houston? Who's next? No, it's a, it's a Kings. Oh, shit. We got the Kings. Tuesday night, yeah. Like eight. We, we don't play till Tuesday? Yeah. Isn't it nice? Yeah. I'll take a couple days off. You know, I know it's a Super Bowl, but I, I prefer spending my Saturday night here than Sunday nights. I just yes, I, I hate the Sunday night games. Me too, because oh. it's like, okay, I have to go to work tomorrow. Yeah, and I have to it's do all this stuff tonight. So depressing. <laughs> so it's nice to have. I know, like you know, you can have your Friday night doing something, then Saturday night suns, and then Sunday just yeah. you know chilling. That's how yeah. I like. And, it. and then Monday I have off because I'm getting an epidural, uh, so I'm not doing anything tomorrow. So don't come over. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Come on over. I'm not doing anything. I like. I'm not grilling. I'm not probably going to be pounding okay. beers. You know, uh, but like. I invited yeah. half of the Voida clan over here. You know that's always cool. a good time. Yeah. I'll Let's be talk. there. Let's talk about Booker. Big Dick Booker. PDB 11 of 21 for his 32 points tonight. He had six assists. He had one steal, four rebounds, two turnovers, two of eight from beyond the arc as well. A, a solid game from Devin Booker, a great fourth quarter, as I mentioned. He was five of seven from the field in the fourth for 12 points. Really, after the – it was like a game of runs, right? Like the Warriors scored six quick points, timeout. The Suns scored five points in response, timeout. The Warriors scored four points, timeout. Devin Booker went off after that. Like in that last timeout with about two minutes left, Booker just went to the bench, I'm assuming, and just said, listen, guys, the Suns Jam Session podcast <laughs> – calls me Big Dick Booker for a reason. And that reason is with two minutes left, I have the biggest dick here right now. So I need to swing this thing around and put the ball in the hoop. Now, can somebody just guard fucking Steph Curry and we'll be fine? And so Booker held up his end of the argument. <laughs> he did. He said, that's like uh, John Bloom. Is, is, is that correct? Bloom, you there? He's not answering. I, I'm assuming... Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I don't even know what I was going to say about him. Um, I think uh, Booker just to start the game, like what was he five for five from free throws. Mm -hmm. So being aggressive, I think that's the only way he can really score tonight until he did go off in the late fourth. And that's just like you said, that's him being like, I got to figure this out. I'm not going to, they were down by six. It's, it's like, I, why are we losing to this fucking team? Like, let me take over. And he did. Um, the only thing, you know, scoring eight of the last 12 points, I'm a little nitpicky tonight. It's fine. Cause we lost by one point. So it's okay to be nitpicky. I think it's just Beal was wide open in the corner for three on that one last drive where he made a shot, but it's just like, 
I love him being that aggressive, but when you have those other guys open, though, I would like for him to still hit them. I know he wants to be just the only one really bring them back. And it's not like it's a selfish thing, but he just knows he can do it. So he believes in himself. We believe in him. I trust him. Definitely when KD can't make a shot and Beal is just still trying to find himself, I do trust him. But plays like that, still want to see him move the ball. But Booker is <laughs> he's uh he's a guy that you can trust in those situations, but it's just like I love seeing him go in the situations and try to win the game for the Suns. And yes. coming up short, it's all right. I just think that um, it's it just, just was a weird game. Not something from the big three with a big dick, huh? Not, not so. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's a little tough, man. It has its ups and downs, you know. Yeah, it's highs and lows, <laughs> if you will. Highs and lows. Yeah, it, it, it's sixes and it's midnights. Uh, yeah, you know I. I I was reading the comments on YouTube and thank you to everybody who comments on YouTube afterwards. I read every one of them. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Somebody was like, you know, Devin Booker, the alpha, you're an idiot or something. It's like, did you say that? I, well, no, I was talking about how I think in the last post game podcast, I was talking about how Kevin Durant's okay. If Devin Booker's the alpha on this team. And any yeah. KD stand out there's like, how dare you? Kevin Durant will be an alpha after six years after he's retired. He's still the alpha on your team. Like he's the he's the he's the best. It's like, no, like Devin Booker's in his prime, dude. Yeah. Look at Devin Booker tonight in the fourth quarter. Now, granted, KD in the fourth quarter had nine points too. He was four of seven from the field. Okay. One of four from beyond the arc, but four of seven from the field. You know, so he's a great player. I I love Kevin Durant. Like, I'm never saying anything anti-Kevin Durant. I'm saying things pro-Devin Booker. Like, I don't know why. KD stands get so upset when you start saying pro Devin Booker stuff, especially here as a Phoenix Suns fan where this guy's played for nine fucking years. Like, I love Kevin Durant. He's always been my favorite player who wasn't a son until he became a son. But, like, I've got a picture that I painted behind me, right? I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but I painted this picture behind me on acrylic like three or four years ago, and it's called Suns Greats. Right, and you see it's Westfall and Barkley and Arsdale and and there's Nash and that's Devin Booker right there, and Walter Davis and and Alvin Adams and Sean Marion. You can't see it, but Amari Stoudemire and KJ over there. But I got Devin Booker over there because this is his franchise, man. Like, yeah, KD, you're amazing. We love you. But that's not that you can't take away from the fact that Devin Booker, especially in a game like today, said, you know what, fuck it, I'm taking over, and then he took over. So that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, and like, when's the last time he really did that? I don't feel like he's done that a lot this season. He's very, very, very passive, and I think KD's been closing out a lot more games in Booker. It doesn't mean like one or the other is an alpha. I think Booker just leads by example, and basically he has to move the ball around and make sure that when someone's hot, they continue to get the ball. But tonight, mm-hmm. and it was if they're not hot, hot, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just and and like John Tran says, pro BDB isn't anti KD. I just I want the KD stands to understand that, uh, and you won't. And you'll say a dumb bunch of dumb comments, or or not dumb. You'll have comments that you, uh, uh, feel are justified, and yeah. you know that's your truth, and I'm okay with that. There's too many people in the world. There's just there, too many there, men. There, there are. There's too many opinions out there. Um, what was I going to say? Clay got a tech early. Did you see that? Yeah, he's so funny, <laughs> man. You, you, you what talk was about, that? Should we talk about Clay Thompson? Yes, can we? Well, yes, yeah, in that whole situation. Yeah, let's go. So, so let, here's Get his drop. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Take a lap. God awful. Get going. Terrible. Take a lap. Two of ten from the field. One of seven from beyond the arc for Clay Thompson. Five points. Didn't close the game out. Got a tech early, right? So you had Yusuf Nurkic. And Draymond Green were kind of jarring at each other a little bit. And Nurkic is holding the ball underneath his arm like so. And then Clay Thompson comes up, just like punches it out. and gets teed up. Like that's the only impact he has <laughs> from this game. I'm sorry. I, I know that I've, I've never been a Clay Thompson fan. I've respected Clay Thompson, right? It's the Kobe Bryant syndrome for me. Uh, never was a Kobe fan. Respect the hell out of him. Right, you have to respect Kobe Bryant, especially as a Suns fan, because we've seen what he can do, and he did it at our expense a lot. Doesn't mean I liked him. In fact, I didn't like him because of it. Clay Thompson's kind of the same way, and the way that the back end of his career has gone is unfortunate with his injuries after, uh, you know, blowing out his knee, then blew out his Achilles. You know, on the first day, remember it was the day that we drafted Jalen Smith. I'll never forget. I was driving to your house to go watch that draft, the 2020 draft. 
with you and your OKC buddies. And I was, I was driving down the freeway. I heard that Clay Thompson had blown out his Achilles uh, in a practice, you know, on, on draft day. And it really, all of a sudden, it was just like, is this going to change the way that they draft? It's unfortunate what's happened. But the other side of it is how he's handled himself across it uh, in games, especially against the Suns. Like he is, he, he's like an older brother who was really good at varsity football, but now he's like 45 and has an alcohol problem. And he's got to tell you how great he yeah. was running the option back in the nineties. Right. And, you know, holding up the four fingers, getting the texts and things like that. I'm sorry, Clay. I have no pity for your, your tantrums out there. You're not impactful on the game and it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. At all. Yeah. And he's telling the younger brother's hot wife about it too. Like, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So good. He's got like the championship <laughs> ring. Realize. I didn't give up on my family. All right. It just was a tough <laughs> situation. I had to get out of it. So that's, that's the way he is. And I think, you know, it, the whole whining thing, the whole complaining, even when he's talking to the locker room, you know, it's, it's a tough thing. It's fine. But the way he does handle himself, especially in the court where it's like many victories for him when he makes a shot, it's like, Oh, thank God. I made a shot. You know what I mean? Like he made the one that didn't even count because of a moving screen. Yeah. So upset after it's about oh, yeah. him. it's a selfish thing right now for him that he has to get through and i don't mind him talking about it because it's kind of cool just to see the inside of like how hard it is for these stars to go through this of course it's fine but when it's costing your team games and you know they're just not relying you at toward, towards the end of the game you just kind of have to accept it support your teammates be that be a good teammate but he's just not that he's always been selfish smoking weed and like watching i'm it's been a while but like watching a game i remember watching the warriors and i'm just like dude clay is a, like just a prick like you can just see him yeah. and how he is probably off the court. Like he just seems like a prick. But um, anyways, besides that, I just think that the way Clay is handling himself is just it's annoying. It's like, why do we have to give a fuck? Like, I don't care how bad you are at basketball now, and I don't care how like you might end up in misery with in your life because you just you can't handle the situation. It's like get tough. Stop being a fucking baby, dude. You and Draymond out there are fucking babies. Draymond's the most insecure player I've ever seen on the court. I know he's tough causing technicals, but if you really watch his body language and shit, the most insecure motherfucker out there. I hate that dude. So those two need to grow up. And like I maybe I take away my whole stance of them going if they have a chance to be in the finals because now that I think about it, those guys might just bring them down. That's what I'm saying. That's my argument on the front and they're on the back end. Uh, Maya B says he's on the decline. It's normal. Y'all hating on clay now. Correct. Maya. You yeah, yeah. And correct. I'm actually, I'm a clay. I've always loved. Clay. I know you, you've been I a clay always, fan. I have yeah. not. And I've always been hating on clay. And so uh, it's I too take long. It's like, I get one or two games where you're like frustrated, but get over it. It's been two years. Jeez. Get over it, buddy. Um, let's talk about this guy. Let's see. Where is it? Um, math. Yeah, I really liked what I saw from Josh Akogi tonight, right? He was playing his little heart out. He, you know, five offensive or five points entering the game, had an offensive rebound, a steal, another offensive rebound. And I feel like the addition of Royce O'Neal, who we got to come up with a nickname, we got to come up with a drop because I want to talk about him too. But I feel like Royce O'Neal was the first guy coming off the bench and it wasn't J.O. And it almost like motivated J.O. And I know that that's clearly an over-observation and, and there's no truism involved. But like that's because Royce O'Neal was playing the same way, right? Like pesky uh, 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 on the ball defender was really having a good game there. And then J.O. came in and was like, okay, well, let me show you how we do this. And bam. Yeah, he needs another guy. It can't just all be on a Kogi. Um, it has to be in spurts. And like the eight points in like, what was it, three minutes he had with the crazy fadeaway off the glass and the two threes? That was perfect. But I mean, I don't always rely on a Kogi with the threes. It's just those pesky plays, like the one steal, just to keep the Suns afloat. Like if they're down by five, or he was, they were down 47 to 40 at that point when he came in. And then he just had that little spurt. And then he closes it to 45 to 47. And the Suns take a lead. I think it was like a five point lead after that. But um, those are the spurts defensively you want to see. I don't think he can really make a difference to Steph. Obviously, I think a lot of people in the chat were saying they should he should have stayed on Steph for most of the game. But it's just him making really just weird and fucked up shit plays throughout the game that really keeps him in the game. So Okogi and I saw. I think did you have Royce O'Neal and Okogi as Rojo? Was it? Yeah, or, I like uh, Rojo. Rojo. Rojo in Spanish, which is red. So yes. that's pretty cool. So it's like I'm yes. seeing Rojo, right? Like I'm seeing red. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so no, that's cheesy, dude. I love it. Mm. No, what I just said was cheesy. 
seeing Rojo. Yeah, but something just came to me. So you uh, remember how last year how we had uh, uh, what was the name that we had for Terrence Ross and TJ Warren? The oh, Outlet the, Boys. Uh, the Outlet Boys. Yeah. So Rojo, R you know R O, which is Royce O'Neal and J O Josh Akogi Rojo together. They're kind of like this off the court duo. And I know that it's early, but I saw Rojo. Something came to mind. If I need to do a drop that combines them both. If we had a game, like we saw them for, for them today, what did you see from Royce O'Neal? First game. Um, I don't know. It was okay. I think there was some clips on Twitter. I was scrolling through like, look at this. I don't know. If they're kind of making fun, like perimeter defense. It was okay. But like he let a few guys get by, but I don't know. I didn't, what was your take? I thought he was okay. It wasn't anything crazy, but I, I, that's what I expected tonight. I didn't expect anything crazy, like where he would come in and actually win the game for us defensively. I think he's really getting his feet wet. So it's his first game. I didn't expect too much. I really like what I saw. Um, he good on the ball defender, pesky hustles. He hit the three. He was like, what, like one of two. Uh, yeah. So, but, but I like the energy and the length that he brought. You know, everyone's saying no one knows his height, right? He's, is he 6'4? Is he 6'5? Is he 6'6? He looks 6'6 to me. Uh, he's got some physicality to him. He can play make a little bit. You know, had a couple ball, a couple possessions in which the ball went through him and he and he handled it well. So yeah. I think that in time he's going to be more comfortable. I think it, I, I talked about it on trade deadline day. I think it was a really solid pickup. Um, did you end up listening to any of the Bill Simmons stuff? I didn't. No, I wasn't into it. Like after you talked about it, I'm like, I don't know if I want to hear that. I didn't. Well, so, I was so, just, so, yeah. well, so part two is when he talked about the trade that the Suns made, right? Like the first okay. one it had to happen. Yet the second one is just like, and yeah, and the Suns traded for Royce O'Neal. Yeah, I'm not a Royce O'Neal guy. And like that was it. And then it was like on to something the Celtics didn't do or something. I was just like, oh my god. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's funny like, how we hang on to this dude just like what I know. It I is know. weird. It's just because we just would not listen to him for so long. I just want to cuddle with him sometimes, just, right? Bill Simmons and just listen to him talk about basketball. I just want to have him talk to me about, you know, he's he's the kind of guy, if you're making out with Bill Simmons, he'll be like, do you know who, he's like, you kiss good, but not as good as Jason Tatum. Yeah. And you're, you're like, oh, I have man, <laughs> didn't see that coming. Uh, Nurk. Nurk. Delicious definition, make them boys go crazy. Oh, I have a disappointing game from Nurk in this one. Yeah. He had six points, six rebounds, four assists, three of seven from the field, only 26 minutes played. This is a game he should have played a lot better in. Uh, now, don't get me yeah. wrong. The, the pesky defense of the Warriors definitely affected him. When you have Draymond Green playing the five, and then you have all those other long wings who are smaller, they were swiping at him, and they were knocking the ball. So he, we, we've seen the Suns during their, their previous 15 games, which they're 12 and three in utilize Nurk at certain areas and spots of the game and take advantage of the opposition, pound the ball in the interior, and he takes care of business down there. Didn't really do it in this one. He he was too busy trying to play, I think, the mental game with Draymond, and when you do that, Draymond yes. wins. I mean, he he did the too small thing. He slapped the floor, which personally I think is a technical foul. Like, I'm surprised they didn't tee him up for that. I don't think they – did they see him? Yeah. Yeah, they must not have, but they, they must have felt it. He slapped the floor twice. But then the next possession, he lets Draymond do it right back to him. So it's just like it, – it's one of those things where it's like, Nurk, you should have dominated. You should have been more of a force in this game. Um, unfortunate. I expected more from him uh, going against the Warriors. Yeah, I did too. I and it started out to be a good game. Like I love the chickpeas. I love the the fl the little too small. I think it's kind of funny. But then when it's it's ending up like the end of the game where you look at the stat line, he wasn't a big impact. It's like, oh well, did that actually play a, a mind? Like did that actually mind fuck you out of the game? It might have. It kind of looked like it did because at first when that was happening, I'm like, oh, like Draymond's getting thrown out of the game. Like there's a technical and like now his head's not in the game. But this is Draymond's game. This is what he does. Nurkic does this to an extent, but he doesn't get too involved, right? He'll make a few mm -hmm. moves here or there. He'll say a thing here or there, defend his teammate once in a while. But it's not going to be anything that's going to be drastic like what he was doing tonight. So I think it took him out of his game. And it's kind of disappointing, but I still like how Nurkic, the way he is, and how he will have these games where he'll play against these pesky centers and dominate, but then he has to continue the rest of the game because he is our connector. He has to make sure he shows up. And it's just honestly... I'll go on record. This might be the first disappointing game of the season from Nurk. This has to be. That's that. This is the only game, man. That's it. No way. Yeah. There's no way. I don't MVP. think. MVP. 
Yeah, MVP, MVP. Let me look at the jammy tracker. Yes, it's been Nurk every single game. Yeah, uh, just I, I think I said what I want to say on Nurk. I, I wish we would have seen a little bit more from him, a little bit more physicality, let himself kind of get drawn into the emotional game, and that's what's going to happen. And, and you know, that was one of the things I did edit your article a little bit for Brightside. Uh, I had uh, no the the preview. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I was you, like, okay, you, be better next time, Matthew. <laughs> well, damn it, I should have done that part. Yeah. Yeah. Keys to a son's victory. Uh, and I put, you know, stay within yourselves because it's an emotional game. It's a psychological game when you go to the Chase Center and you play the Warriors and the Suns didn't stay within themselves until the final, you know, few minutes of the game. They still almost pulled it off. That's why I'm not overly upset. It's like all these things kind of didn't fall the right way and we only lost by one. Like, I will totally mm-hmm. take that. This isn't the end of the world. This isn't the end of the season. I was hanging out in Golden State tonight, and I'll tell you this. Well, let me ask you this before I go to the subreddit stakeout. Who do you want to win the Super Bowl tomorrow? Oh, man. Can I just say this? Please. I don't even care about the Super Bowl tomorrow. I haven't cared at all. This is the first year I've just, even if I didn't watch it, I'm still going to go hang out. Even if I don't watch it, I don't care. But I want the Niners to win. See, I want the Niners to win too, but then I realized that Niners fans are also Warriors fans. Are they? Yeah, they're both San Francisco. Yeah, I know, but like, <laughs> I know. I just, I don't feel like the Warriors fan base is as big as it used to be. But they have one of the, of the they, have, arena, yeah. they have one of the highest subreddit followings on Twitter. Do they have they? Over okay. six hundred thousand. Yeah. And to hear these people talk, I'm like, dude. And you guys get have a team that's in the Super Bowl tomorrow. Fuck you guys. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So there I was in San Francisco looking for Rice Aroni, the San Francisco treat. But all I could find were a bunch of Warriors fans, those annoying Warriors fans. Like the ones in our chat right now who have nothing better to do than after a victory to hang out here and watch me as Batman go, where is she? Well, sons are full of bitches. The <laughs> first, first comment right off the bat, you know, right off the bat. D-Book has a very hateable face. Now, don't get me wrong. There was a million comments about him being punchable, and I like to sock him, and blah, blah, blah. But hateable. That's one of the first ones. I was like, hey, hateable face. Hmm. That's a new one. Steph dropping buckets over Grayson Allen's Ted Cruz looking ass. I didn't know his ass looked like Ted Cruz, too. Like, I knew his face did. Nice to see Booker still soft as baby shit. Baby shit is pretty soft. Dario Sarge is a goddamn bum. <laughs> Dario was getting so much hate in this game, man. He was it was it was rough <laughs> Dario out there tonight. Uh, did he even play in the second half? I don't know. I just remember him being out of place and just um, being right next to two warriors. Set, set second half. Dario Sarge played four minutes. He was a negative. Oh no, he played zero minutes. No, no, he played four. He was a negative four. Yeah, they were having a hard time with uh, with them. <laughs> Am I seeing this right? A Kogi made a three, then a prayer two, got a steal, and a and back to back offensive rebounds. Damn, that's right. Nurk, you're a bitch. We know you're scared to catch another hook. Ah. <sighs> Booker is a fraud. Every time Wiggins is on him, he calls for one to two screens. Which is saying how bad Wiggins is. That's what they're doing <laughs> in that comment. They're talking shit about him. Uh, and then this last one I had. I'll tell you this. The, here's the majority of... of oh, my nose itches. <laughs> if you're listening, I, I look like I was... Picking your nose. Um... Uh, the majority of the subreddit stakeout was Warriors fans going, we're back, baby. And then uh, hating on Dario Saric, uh, ejaculating over Jonathan Kaminga, 
Colin Kerr an idiot for playing a four guard lineup and talking how much they love GP two being back and whatnot. So there wasn't very much, uh, but they did say Booker is better than Clay will ever be, man. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Damn that lost comment, dude. Yeah, I was like, that's great. I didn't really think about that because I always thought Clay would be better than Booker early on. But yeah, tables, how the tables, turntables turned, how the turns have tabled. Yeah, I mean, you look at championships. Yeah, Clay's going to get him, but Booker is just a better shot creator. But Clay was always good at defense and just catch and shoot. Yeah, just who he was. And I'm not going to continue to talk about Clay. I don't want Maya to be mad at me anymore. Um, what other notes did you have in this game? I mean, you wrote the recap for Bright Side of the yeah. Sun, so I'm sure I'm sure you you had some things in there that you might want to talk about. Uh, with eight minutes late, uh, with eight minutes left, Draymond and Steph were back in. And Steph, uh, no, this is a vocal point. I can't even read that, so I'm not going to even go into that. Um, I did mention a little bit of bull, um, but not too much from there. Um, Gordon just these type of games. I just don't know how much you can rely on him. I don't know. Like you said, like the the smaller guards that they had out there with the Warriors off the bench just kind of outplayed them. It's just kind of disappointing. they're too quick for him. Yeah, it's tough. It's a rough watch, man. It really is. Um, but that's really all I had. And Grayson Allen just, you know, he wasn't really hot tonight. Wasn't passing the ball like he did last game with 14 assists, but he was drawing some fouls defensively in big spots in the game. So he always finds a way to make the big plays when it's needed. So fuck yeah, Grayson Allen. Yeah, Love good ya. impact. He had 10 points, but he four of 11 shooting for him. Right. So, I mean, yeah, just an off night, but he made it up in other ways. You know, if we'd hit one more three. One more three. That's all it comes down to. All right, let's jam start. Jam star of the game. All right, jamsters, a reminder, subscribe, rate, review, and all that fun stuff. Matthew, who are you giving the jam star of the game to? Mm, let me give it to... Give it to Booker. Yep, I guess I have to. I don't really have a favorite. I mean, Booker's last... Five minutes of the game. There you go. I'll give it to that. Booker's last five minutes. Done. Yeah, I give it to Booker as well, and I think a lot of the Jamsters are going to agree. Kip gives it to Book. Uh, Saw gives it to Booker. Suns Fever gives it to Booker. Um, Kiko gives it to Big Ding Dong Booker. (laughs) Booker, it's got to be doing going gong. Puta is taking off. Thanks for hanging out with us. He says, good night. Nice podcast. Thank you. From a Warriors fan, I actually appreciate that. Uh, gnarly old goat dude. <laughs> Great name. Gives us a book, <laughs> book as well. Uh, my, my jam star is that train you was looking for in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, my mom ended up with the train. So, yeah, I mean, tough loss. Yeah, I mean, it sucks to lose to the Warriors. But at the same time, 31 and 22 um it's not it's not the end of the season it's not the end of the line a lot of a lot of basketball still to be played all that good stuff it would have been nice to beat them obviously um suns are in six the six c they're tied with the kings now at five and a half games out of first and a half game up on the new orleans pelicans who are hard charging although they just lost one so next up for the suns as you said those those sacramento kings big game on tuesday in sac town right a team it's that here. we're we're oh it's here? Yeah, it should be. Was that a one game road trip? I think so, man. I'm pretty sure they play here. I think you're right. I made the graphic for it. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. So big game. I think we're one and one against them. So uh what are you looking for against the Sacramento Kings on Tuesday? You know, just uh you know, last game was so much fun being at that one, cheering as a fan. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was a big comeback. That was, so that's right. right side night, that was a great time. Um so if they can be a little bit more consistent, I don't think it's going to be that way. Where we're going to be down that quickly to that team and just have an immaculate comeback. But you know, I, I I still think the Suns are the better team over the Sacramento Kings. I think they were really tested tonight against the Warriors. But these games in the Western Conference, where of course the Kings are snubbed in the All Star game, they're trying to still prove themselves. Those are the toughest matchups to go against in the West. So I'm excited for this one more than I think the Warriors game. Yeah, it's again, it's a team that you're tied with in the standings. 
a lot of weight. I mean, it's a game either way. You win this game, you're up on them, and you move into the fifth seed, you lose this game, and you're that much closer to being back in that play-in tournament bracket, which you just don't want to be in. And granted, with 30-something games to go or 20-something games to go, a lot of movement can still happen. But it's more of a confidence thing, knowing that at home you can play the Kings well. And it's a team that they haven't played well. As you mentioned, it took a 22-point comeback in the fourth quarter to beat them last time we played them. The game before that, they they beat up on us pretty good. So I'm really looking for the Suns to be consistent in this one and to hold down home court. Uh, because they got them on Tuesday, and that's right. Then on Valentine's Day, it's the Pistons at home. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think um, Chinese New Year night too, and Fat Tuesday. Like there's there's a bunch of stuff this week, man. It's like Super Bowl, Mardi Gras, which is Fat Tuesday, yeah. Valentine's Day, Chinese New Year, um, Michael Jordan's birthday, and Devin Booker's shoes come out next weekend on the 17th. Oh, busy, busy, busy. Charles Barkley's birthday is on February 19th. Um, yeah, mid-February. A lot of things going on. A lot of Aquariuses out there, huh? A lot of, yeah, I guess. This is the age of Aquarius. Anything else you want to talk about? And any What's been going on this weekend? What have you been up to? Been watching anything from the Wasted Management Open? Did you see they stopped serving alcohol there today? I heard about that. Yeah, I know it's My been raining. My God. And stuff, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that's interesting. Um, it didn't, I don't know, were they open yesterday? Like all day? Or oh, no? yeah. It, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Just cut it off because uh, someone was peeing his pants sitting down in a chair. And then I, I saw, saw some that. big guy without a shirt just rolling down the hill. I, I think that was today, that. maybe. Yeah. So it's always fun to see the highlights from it, right? And I've never been. It's been, but, you've never been? I've never been. No. Oh man. I, I used to go to it. Like we used to ditch school in high school back in like 99 when it was nothing like there was no grandstands like there is today, but I've been there with the grandstands and stuff. And it's like, you see the lines now it's, it's a shit show. The Phoenix open. It's like stupid in my opinion. It's too dumb. Like, People use it as a as a three day like bachelor party thing. It's like these forty year old guys are like, dude, let's fucking get fucking <laughs> yeah, blasted, like. wasted, and it's like that can't be fun. I mean, maybe they're having a good time looking like assholes, but some lady fell out of the stands yesterday and was taken to the hospital. Yeah. And then, Serious? Yeah. Okay, well that's the end of it. I feel yeah. like this is the last year it's well, gonna be this way. I agree because yeah. this is the first time they stopped letting people in at two o'clock because there's so many people. There's like. Uh, one writer, I was, I was reading somebody who was writing something. He's like, normally, you know, all week it's taken me 12 minutes to walk from like the front gate to the 16th hole. And if you've ever been to the Phoenix Open, you know, the 16th hole, it's 12 minute walk is, is about right because you walk by uh, 18, 17, and 16 because 18 is right there next to the clubhouse. He's like, it took 45 minutes today. There were so many people there. And then they, they cut off all alcohol because people were so fucking shit can drunk that they want it's like it's become it, it used to be like the the greatest show on turf uh-huh or great great greatest show on grass whatever their their tagline was and it's just become an embarrassing shit show it's actually kind of you know as a phoenician it's like it's cringeworthy it's like oh yeah look at here we are golf you know and the 16th hole is like the coolest concept but people have just taken it to like this whole new level and i think what it is is it was last year when two people made hole in ones and everyone started chucking beers onto the green, it was such a cool looking moment. Everybody wants that moment so much. And they figured it's like, Hey, we're just going to get so shit canned uh, at this tournament that it's just going to be like, I just, it's, I, I, I've never planned on going. I'm such an old man now. Yeah. There's I, no way I, I can never deal with that. I don't know how people drink even at that age. Cause it's not like there's a lot of them are young, I guess, but like the guys that I saw on the videos, they're like my age, like 35, yeah. 36. It looked like it's like, I don't know how you, can like basically take a whole day and just drink like that anymore. Like, I think I might've be in the hospital if I did that, dude. No, I completely agree. If I was out there doing that. Yeah. I, I just, I, I need not... right after. <laughs> I would need like, it. It's like, I'm, I'm not what I used to be. That's for darn sure. And to see these people out there again, if that's what they want to do and you know, it's, it's your life, but it's just, it's kind of embarrassing, man. It's kind yeah. of embarrassing. Like and John Tran says, being old's great. I like getting older. I, I love, love being in my 30s. I love it. Toys. I yeah. love it. I'm hanging up TVs in my garage so I can watch the Super Bowl tomorrow <laughs> and whatnot, you know. So uh, before we get out of here, I'll give the people what they want. The Sarich Smoke Break. That one's for you, Dario. Matthew. <laughs> Miss you, man. Miss you. Wait, what did you say? You can cut out right there. Oh, I was going to say, tell them what to do. But a quick oh. reminder is 
ladies and jamsters, once you're done here, if you're watching along live, make sure that you head over to the Aussies Suns Fan Podcast. He says, come and join the Aussies as we take over Suns Planet after the jam session. So go see Gavin and all those guys after this one. And now, Matthew, you can tell them what to do. Go home and love your Aussies. Ooh, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi.